Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. This feature is brought to you by the Solidarity Fund, Unity in Action. COVID-19 has had a negative impact on gender-based violence. The Solidarity Fund has identified GBV as one of its focus areas and has partnered with various organizations to assist with medical and psychosocial services, PPE, and access to shelters. To get help, call the National GBV Command Center on 0800-428-428 or visit the National Shelter Movement's website on nsmsa.org.za. Brought to you by the Solidarity Fund. Unity in action. So the Solidarity Fund is committed to eradicating gender-based violence and as part of its commitment, we're going to be having a conversation every single Monday just after 2 o'clock news discussing topics that will challenge all of us to find solutions towards ending gender-based violence scourge. Today we speak about the National Shelter Movement and the work that they do. Joining us on the line is Zubaida Dengo, who's the head of the executive of the National Shelter Movement. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, Zubaida. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to your listeners. So, better tell us a bit more about the work that you do at the National Shelter Movement. So, the National Shelter Movement is a non-profit organization which was established in 2008 at the Conference of Shelters Nationally. Um, the membership, we have an umbrella group of organizations mm-hmm. across the country that are affiliated to the National Shelter Movement. Mm-hmm. So currently we have close on to 91 shelters that are affiliated to the organization. The vision of... Sorry, do you want to... Go, go ahead, go ahead. The vision of the organization is to be the united voice on sheltering for women and children affected by gender violence in South Africa. And how do you actually assist these members? I think you're saying there are 91 of those, and I imagine the challenges are somewhat different, even though similar. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, the the challenges are different, but what we as the National Shelter Movement do is we try and network, advocate, and lobby for all shelters across the country Mm. so that we can engage in service provision, legislation, capacity building on GBV, and sheltering of abused women and their children. So the primary focus of the shelters is to actually accommodate women and children who have experienced gender-based violence. Mm. And often this is at the peril of their lives. Mm. Most of these women um, are fleeing from relationships where they have been abused. And we know in South Africa that uh, femicide is one of the highest in the world. So shelters save lives, Mm. basically. Mm. And this is what um, all the shelters are involved in doing. Different shelters have different programs from, aside from accommodating women in shelters, they also offer psychosocial services. Many of them offer skills development for women who might not be employed. Mm. And so basically shelters play a fundamental mitigating role in responding to and addressing violence against women and their children. I mean, we're told that, um, you know, gender-based violence increased tremendously during this COVID lockdown period. And I'm just curious about the kind of interventions, as you said, uh, you network, you you try and also be a lobby group for for these organizations. What kind of interventions that you had to engage in during this lockdown period? 
Well, basically, you know, it hasn't just been in the lockdown period. Mm. We've been advocating well before that. Mm. So I'll give an example. Last year, the National Shelter Movement, um, you know, conducted a protest outside of Parliament Mm -hmm. because of a lack of funding or a lack of adequate funding for shelters of abused women and children. Mm. Um, So that was the one thing we did. We, during the lockdown, have also written an open letter to President Ramaphosa indicating the need for shelters to have adequate funding so that they can actually make sure that women and children are taken care of. One of the difficulties that shelters have had during COVID, particularly in some provinces like the Eastern Cape, many of these shelters were not given their tranche of funding Mm. on time. Um, You know, COVID was kind of started at the end of March. By the end of July, many of these shelters had not received their funding. Mm. And the problem with that was, you know, they had to feed women and children in shelters. They had to pay salaries. And this creates a huge difficulty for the shelters themselves. Mm. In addition to that, during lockdown, we also prepared a domestic violence safety plan that was sent out as far uh, as widely as possible so that women could understand what it is they need to do before they even start seeking shelter. And can, then, yeah. yeah, can we talk then, about the maybe the, yeah. the the membership and the criteria for being a member? And I'll and I'll tell you why I ask this question because you hear a lot of organisations say, you know, I'm battling to get um a get to get my paperwork to be accredited because the city says where I'm I'm situated, I'm in a residential area, I'm not allowed to cook for more than a number of people, so I don't get all kinds of uh, paperwork done that needs to be done to be formally recognised as an NPO or, or as an organisation that helps people who who needs shelter what kind of engagements do you have number one with the cities and also just what the criteria is for people to be part of this um this 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 collective okay so shelters have to register for the department of social development with the lead department um on the issue of sheltering Mm -hmm. and so they would then ensure that um the shelter has you know, is able to comply with all those regulations. On the side of the National Shelter Movement, they need to be a shelter that uh, accommodates women and children. Mm -hmm. They need to be a shelter that accommodates women for more than a month at a time. So a lot of shelters go up to six months, Mm -hmm. where appropriate, even longer, Mm -hmm. because this gives women and children the time to heal and to be sure that they have really made you know, an impact on their own lives and made decisions that are suitable for them before they leave the shelter. Mm. I mean, and, I have, yeah, go ahead. And of course, we, we ask for a membership fee, which is a minimal membership fee, an annual fee of 300 rand. Mm. And, you know, for that, we do a lot in terms of sheltering. Recently, we've been raising a lot of funds from different funders to make sure that we can assist shelters across the country. The complexities of funding some of these shelters, we hear sometimes people say, you know, we we do get assistance, but the nature of the funding is is restrictive. So in other words, it'll probably go into running the shelter, uh, administrative costs, but will not necessarily help us in other areas. Talk to me about that a bit more. So, yes, look, I think one of the struggles that shelters have is that they often struggle with operational costs Mm. because it's very expensive 
to run a shelter, provide three meals, ensure that women are able to go to for medical assistance, to go and get um, legal assistance, go to the police. Um, children need to be taken to school. Uniforms need to be bought under normal circumstances, of course, not so much under COVID now. Mm. Um, and then you have to offer all kinds of psychosocial services. Mm. So what happens is that the Department of Social Development often gives shelters about 39% of their funding. Mm-hmm. They do not fund shelters fully, especially if they are NPO shelters. Mm. The problem then is that shelters have to raise the balance of the money in order to offer any other services that they, that they feel is really important for their clients. Mm. And of course, given COVID, this makes it very difficult because no shelters are able to conduct um, any kind of fundraising uh, with the restrictions that we've had. I mean, this is quite uh, this is quite an important point in in highlighting to people. Just because you get assistance from government doesn't mean that all of your costs are covered, and th- therefore no. the need is great. Absolutely, the need is great, and you know you want to be sure that people are fed a, a decent diet. Mm. Um, but that also all the other needs are met, mm. and there are many. It's quite complex. It's not just about accommodating yeah. women and children. Yeah, I get it. So talk to me about, I mean, the, the upcoming 16 days of activism. What are you going to be doing as a collective with regards to 16 days of activism? Okay, so the National Shelter Movement of South Africa is gearing up to launch South Africa's first dedicated shelter helpline mm-hmm. for abused women. So this is for abused women, but it's also for women who experience intimate partner violence. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel that this is really important because we want to be sure that survivors of gender-based violence are a- able to access help quickly mm-hmm. and to make sure that they can start their healing processes as soon as possible. We also want to be sure that we can reduce the rate of femicide. If women can contact shelters or the shelter helpline, um, you know, very quickly or as soon as they know that they are in an abusive relationship. Mm. So for us, this is very important. We want women to be safe and to start their journey of recovery. So the helpline will provide information um, information on dealing with reporting crimes of GBV to the South African police. Um, they will help with uh, protection orders, and they will also be able to find the closest shelter to where a woman is calling from. Mm-hmm. And this idea is that um, women will then have greater accessibility to the kind of help they need. Is this going to be launched um, very soon uh, or is it already in existence? No, it's not in existence. Our launch is actually taking place on the 1st of December. And, um, you know, so we've invited people to, to link in virtually. We have a very small group that will attend because of social distancing issues. Mm-hmm. And the launch will take place in Cape Town. Um, and on that day, the 1st of December, we will go live as far as the help, the, the helpline goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the meantime, I know that there may be people who, who need this assistance immediately, and there may be other organizations as well who are hearing of you for the first time. Maybe they are new. How do they get hold of you? Okay, so... 
our website has a directory of shelters across the country. Okay. And um, so, so the website address is www.nsmsa.org.za. And on the website is a list of numbers, telephone numbers, and contact details of shelters across the country. If people do have a problem, they're welcome to call me on 083-2899-818. So let's consolidate this. Your relationship now with the Solidarity Fund, how has that assisted this organization? So the Solidarity Fund has come at a a crucial time. Mm. Um, you know, at the beginning of lockdown and early on, um, shelters were struggling with PPE, uh, in other words, masks, sanitizers, uh, and all sorts of um, uh, even thermometers to, to, to take temperatures. And so the Solidarity Fund came in at a very helpful point where we were able to provide um, PPE for shelters across the country that are affiliated to the NSM. And so on a regular basis, um, for a period of 10 to 12 months, we are supplying shelters with the PPE that they require in order for them to run the service that they, they offer in sheltering um, and ensuring that women don't get infected. One of the things that the shelters have also done is made sure that women get tested when it's appropriate um, for COVID testing. So I think that um, this has very clearly helped um, all the shelters, and they are extremely appreciative of the help from Solidarity Fund um, over this period of time. Mm. The good thing about it is it's ongoing for now. Mm. So, you know, shelters don't have to particularly worry about where they're going to get their PPE from Mm. because PPE wasn't something that was budgeted for, Mm. um, you know, in their last year's budget at all. Mm. Zubeda, there's a voice note that I want us to play for you. Let's take a listen. Okay. Good afternoon, SAFM. This is Odette from KZN. Um, I would like to ask your guest whether they have thought about making the helpline for uh, shelter information available via WhatsApp, uh, because sometimes, you know, women are not able to make a phone call, um, and also it would be then accessible for deaf women who are also experiencing very high levels of uh, abuse thank you so much what an excellent question Zubeda absolutely that is something that we will be working on as well because we realize that for a lot of women whatsapp text messages are easier than you know making a telephone call Mm -hmm. so that's definitely in the pipeline Zubeda would the benefits that you just spoken about now the sanitizers PPEs and so on be available to someone who's not necessarily yet a member but wants to join the the movement now well you know the thing about it is that uh, our agreement with the solidarity fund was for the 78 shelters who are members at the time we signed the agreement with them so that may be a bit difficult mm. Um, for us to include new people. Uh, however, what I can say is that, you know, we might be able to check with them and then get back to people. We have had subsequent, 
to the Solidarity Fund. We have had people um, wanting to join the National Shelter Movement, mm. and that's how the numbers have grown over a period of time. Mm. Um, so there have been other benefits as well that shelters have received, including um, training and um, uh, debriefing training that w- that is going to happen very soon. So we can always check that out and get back to the relevant person if they make contact with us. You know, I think ultimately it it comes down to the women or children who at the moment are in need. And, and there might may be people who are listening and who are thinking, this is coming at a perfect time. I need help. What would you say to those people? I would say to them that it's very important to get help. It's important to affirm their worth. They must do something to get help. Either talk to somebody they trust. Consider going to a police station and laying a charge. Speak to a counselor at an organization. Call the National Shelter Helpline as soon as it's um, in place. Obtain a, a, a protection order from the from the court. Um, and this will actually help to warn the abuser that, you know, you mean business. Women need to realize that knowledge is power and informing themselves can change their lives. They need to understand that they are not to blame. They also need to believe that they have the right to make choices for themselves and to know that they are not alone and that help is at hand. Mm -hmm. I also think that if people have a friend who might be in need, it's very important that they approach the friend in an understanding and a non-blaming way um, and, and to let the friend know that she's not alone. There are many people out there in such situations and they need, it just takes strength to survive and trust somebody. So they need to be able to find a trusted person to talk to. They need to acknowledge that it's scary and difficult to talk about domestic violence. We do understand that. But we also know that they don't deserve to be threatened or beaten. And a woman needs to be assured that she is definitely not responsible for her abuser's behavior. So what we're saying is we need to share all this information. People need to go to the website, the NSM's website, and there's a lot more information available, including the domestic violence safety planning um, document. And, of course, our numbers are on there as well for now. But very soon, we're going to be launching the NSM uh, dedicated national toll-free helpline. And we hope that women will be able to use this. One of the things in our recent research that we found is that a lot of women have said that when they go to police stations mm. or to a social worker, it's the only time they hear about the availability of shelters. Mm. And so we want to change this. We want every woman in South Africa to know that help is available. Mm. You know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking sometimes there are a lot of people who witness gender-based violence and, and feel very helpless because whether it is calling the police and they've been there many times and they still leave and the, the thing continues and, and people feel helpless, what would you say to those who witness it and really just don't know how to be of assistance? So firstly, I think what's very important to understand is that 
as as people who are standing by and watching the violence, mm. we must not sit on the fence. Mm. Domestic violence means a woman could be killed tomorrow because of a lack of our actions or our inactions. And I think it's really important. Either you approach the woman and say, look, we can try and find help together, or we can contact an organization. What would be the best for you? So you need to actually talk with the woman in an understanding way and say to her that we are concerned about you. If she knows that somebody is genuinely concerned, she may open up even a little bit Mm. or just enough to actually find help. Mm. And this is critical in South Africa because we know how many women get killed. Mm. And if we start early and if we start recognizing the signs, and if, if people like neighbors, family, friends know that they have somebody who's in an abusive relationship, they need to start acting. We cannot sit on the fence any longer. And and often women stay for economic reasons just because they have nowhere else to go. And this information, as you're saying, is so crucial to get somebody to know that you will find a place to go. You will find assistance. You will get support. It suddenly changes the dynamic for so many women. Yes, absolutely. It does change the dynamic for women. And you're right. Many women stay because of the um, fact that they are not able to provide economically for their children, and that becomes a factor for them staying. But what we're saying is, and what shelters are trying to do, is to ensure that skills development are offered. Mm. Now, not all shelters offer it because of a lack of funding, but that is something that's top of the agenda for many, many shelters, trying to see what they can do to assist women in being able to have an income. Zubeda, thank you so much for, for making the time to talk to us. Zubeda Dango is the head of the executive at the National Shelter Movement. And the hashtag is hashtag solidarity for GBV. That is the hashtag you can follow up on everything that they're doing around gender-based violence and the kind of partnerships that they've had and they've put together with uh, places of shelter, with people that are really committed to fighting the scourge of gender-based violence.